Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Iowa Joey Knight, the Bucks beat the Carolina Panthers 41-17 in a game that Joey Knight, uh, probably about as bad a start, as lackluster a start as I have seen this year uh, by the Bucks. I think they had some 40-something yards um, until the final drive of the first half. They only had one possession in the first quarter. But, man, did they turn it around? Did they become explosive? And, as you know, we now know that uh, the Bucks. Got a little break right after the game. They found out that they had earned the number two seed in the NFC, and that's because of San Francisco coming back from a 17 to nothing deficit. They win in overtime, an interception uh, in that game of Matthew Stafford in overtime to seal it while the Bucks, some of them still on the field looking in the locker room. Um, look, we got a whole new season starting on Sunday at 1 o'clock. That's when they're going to play at Raymond James Stadium against the Eagles. Put this regular season in perspective, given all the injuries, given everything that they've had to, to endure, Antonio Brown, all of that, this team won 13 games, and they're the number two seed. One of Tom Brady's finest seasons, I think you could say that, considering just, you know, we talked to him about it this week, Rick, just how much of a challenge it is each week to have a different set of pieces to work with. You don't know from one week to the next who you're going to have out there as your complimentary players and just the challenge of putting that different puzzle together each week. And he talked about it, gave us the, the, you know, the typical Tom Brady can quotes, but at the bottom line, he's done it, whether it's been with the main tier group of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Gronk or guys like Rashad Perryman and Cyril Grayson and Tyler Johnson and even Scotty Miller, who made a cameo today. He's gone out and done it. I, you know, he's got, he threw for over 5,000 yards. You know, he, he reached that benchmark today. I think that's the second time in his career. I, I think this ranks right up there with one of Tom Brady's finest seasons of his 22-year career. You wrote about how he's a candidate for the MVP, and I think a game like this further cemented it. Yeah, I really do uh, because of the cast of characters that he's had to play with, and, and, and I I think that's contributed to some of these slow starts, especially that we saw against Carolina. We'll get to the defensive side because they're injured too, and they're giving up rushing yards, another 100-yard uh, rushing day uh, for the Panthers in this game. Um, but this team couldn't get a first down. I mean, they were really, really flat. And it's no surprise, I suppose, that with the guys they're missing, um, you know, with Chris Godwin, with Antonio Brown, who does he turn to? And he got good plays from Perriman and Miller and, and, and others that you mentioned. But who does he turn to but Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans? And these guys reach milestones because of Tom Brady. It wasn't an accident. But when, when Tom Brady needs a big play, he knows where to find those. Absolutely. I, I'll, I'll cite Rob Gronkowski. He said the first three possessions were crap, and that, that's what they were. But then it all changed on that third and ten play, pinned down in their own territory. Tom found Mike Evans for a little catch and run. He 
broke a tackle, almost broke a couple more. That was 37 yards, and then the wheels started spinning. You know, from there it was just it was a route, but it all started there with Mike Evans. Uh, that play that was the spark of that 92-yard scoring drive that made it 10-7, gave the Bucks a lead they wouldn't relinquish. And I was thinking, and I wrote about this a little bit, Rick. Compare the petulance and the scorched earth we had to deal with all week from a diva like Antonio Brown to a guy like Mike Evans, who has just been the consummate team player this year. This Today he clinched his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season, but if you think about it, it may be one of his quietest of his 1,000-yard seasons because other guys have stepped up. I went back and looked. This is the... He has not been the most targeted guy in a game since that Monday night game against the Giants, November 22nd, but you haven't heard a whimper out of him. He's just gone out with his his quiet intensity and done his job and come through when they needed him, and he did that again today, finished with uh, six catches for 89 yards and the two touchdowns, and now he's got 14 receiving touchdowns on the year. That breaks his own franchise record. It's just it's amazing to me just the glaring contrast between a guy like Mike Evans who just answers the bell when, when his number's called and doesn't gripe beforehand and the guy they just got rid of. There's no question they're going to miss Antonio Brown as a football player. Um, he stepped up when they went to Carolina a couple weeks ago when Mike Evans couldn't play, when Chris Godwin was out. And he stepped up with 15 targets and 10 catches for 101 yards. They're not a better football team without Antonio Brown on the field. They were 7-0 and with Antonio Brown. They're a better football team with Antonio Brown not part of this locker room. You know, I think sometimes there is addition by subtraction. Now, you know, it doesn't matter, right, because you've got to make plays in games and you have to do it in real time. Unfortunately... They lost the last week's hero in Cyril Grayson with yet another hamstring injury. And these hamstring injuries, it seems to be that's that's been their their biggest problem. They've had you know you get a lot of injuries in football, but hamstrings for whatever reason, a team that doesn't do much during the week, especially this last half of the season, not much running at all, ha- keeps coming up with these things, and they've been debilitating because now we got to worry about you know does Leonard Fournette get back? Um, Mike Evans had a hamstring that knocked him out. Um, it's sort of gone on and on. Richard Sherman for a while, and now the Achilles. A lot of defensive backs have had uh, soft tissue injuries, quads, and that sort of thing. So you wonder um, exactly what's causing all that. Um, but you're right about Brady is going to be resourceful. He's going to find ways to do this. And and you could tell it was bumpy in the beginning. They were out of rhythm. The thing that got them into it was Mike Evans' play and then going to a hurry-up, kind of a no-huddle. Um, in the two-minute situation at the end of the first half when they went uh, 92 yards or 93 yards, whatever it was, they they had to hurry. And I think that many times this year that's got them in rhythm because Tom's calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. He's kind of keeping the defense from substituting. He sort of knows what he's going to get in coverage, especially in that two-minute situation. Scoring at the end of the first half and then scoring, driving for a touchdown to start the second half is what helped them put this game away. They got the two scores without Carolina touching the ball, and that was really the difference in this game. Oh, yeah, that, that shifted everything. And, and we talked about it, Rick. It's, it's not only you know just changing the tempo and shaking things up like that, creating a spark. It's different guys, as we talked about, going in there and helping create that spark. 
you know, you, you look at it right now. They're guys who had at least five catches today. Tyler Johnson, Brashard Perryman, of course, Gronk and Evans, and Keyshawn Vaughn. He scored that touchdown, I believe, to start the second half. So uh, I go back to just the fact that it's different guys. And Tom has has trust these guys. These guys have earned Tom's trust. Whether we're talking about Cyril Grayson before he went out, Brashad Perryman, now Keyshawn Vaughn, and in turn, these guys trust Tom. They know as long as they got number 12 in the huddle, they're capable of extraordinary things. So it's a mutual trust, and I, I think that's what we're seeing, especially down the stretch with all these injuries, and we'll see if it continues to perpetuate in, in the postseason. But, uh, you know, I go back to that, just putting different pieces of the puzzle together each week to create a victory. That's, I think that's really the, most, the biggest part of Tom's greatness here in his 22nd season. One of those guys, too, was Le'Veon Bell, who got to play and had a touchdown reception. Um, here's a guy who's only been here a couple of weeks in, in a goal-to-go situation. Tom trusts him out in the right flat. He makes the catch, and that was a big touchdown for them. For all the injuries they have on offense – it could be argued that where they're really hurting are the injuries on defense. Um, we know they've been in and out of the lineup uh, in the secondary. Jamel Dean went out again. Um, I think it was a hamstring as well. He's sort of been that guy that, that, that gets hurt and comes back the next week. Hasn't missed many games, but certainly has come out of a lot of games. So they're thin at the defensive back position. We know that. Uh, but they're starting to get healthy or healthier, and they had their all their starters on the field. The problem it has of late, um, you know, been Levante David not there, and that's had an impact on Devin White. Devin White has not been the same player um, since Levante David left the lineup. He missed some tackles again on Sunday. He had a better game than he did a week ago against the Jets when he only had two, but he's not been the same. And I think you know, not having Shaq Barrett, an elite uh, pass rusher who gets quarterbacks on the ground. This Carolina team had given up seven sacks in each of their last two games, including seven against the Bucks two weeks ago. I don't know how many times they got Darnold. I know that Anthony Nelson had his fifth sack of the year, which is great production for a guy that has played as, as, as few snaps as he has. But I'm wondering, even if you know they have to make do and maybe they get Fournette back, um, can this defense be good enough uh, as they were in the postseason a year ago, because I really think it was their defense with the turnovers they for- forced. We did see a couple of those, which was good for the Bucks on Sunday, that they, they managed to get the ball a few times. We haven't seen that very often. But unless they get those guys back, and not just get them back, but Shaq Barrett comes back as Shaq Barrett, and Levante is effective as he has been during the regular season, is his defense good enough to win against even Philadelphia – which is a much better team than they were when they saw them October 14th. Yeah, Philadelphia went on that four-game win streak down the stretch uh, before you know they kind of melted it against the Cowboys the other night. But uh, you, may, you make a great point, Rick. They were healthy in the postseason going into the Super Bowl. That's why they were able to do so many things in the Super Bowl in terms of blitzing and, and creating havoc for Patrick Mahomes. You talk about how with these new parts on offense, they're getting off to these slow starts. Well, defensively, the same way. Carolina opened with a 14-play, 70-yard, 5-yard drive today, and that won't cut it. Just like Gronkowski says, these slow starts aren't going to cut it in the postseason, and that goes for the offense 
and the defense. So you've got all these new guys. Joe Tryon Shoink is out there. Anthony Nelson, though, he's playing well. So many, so many different guys out there on defense. It takes them a, a possession or two to get their bearings. And it, against a quality team with a running quarterback that comes in with a little bit of momentum, a little bit of confidence in a playoff setting, that could be very dicey. And, you know, if they get past the Eagles, and I think they will, you've got the Cowboys potentially who uh, who are much more potent offensively. So, yes, I think it's a concern for the defense. The Bucks got a little bit of a break, and we won't know how much of a break until we see what they do on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. But, listen, they needed the 49ers to beat the Rams to get the number two seed. And – Granted, they have to beat Philadelphia to make use of that. However, a year ago they went on the road three games and won all in the playoffs to get back here at Raymond James to win the Super Bowl. Those stadiums were largely empty um, or, or very limited seating at best. They got a break, uh, you know, I thought, with the weather in Green Bay. Everything fell into place. Getting two home games potentially, and maybe even three, should somebody surprise the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau after their bye week, is enormous, I think. Because if you're telling me that this team had just one home game in the postseason, I'm not sure I would give them much chance of getting back to the NFC title game. I don't know. And once you get there, right, it's 60 minutes to the Super Bowl. Anything can happen. I don't care where you play it. But to have two home games in this atmosphere, I thought it was interesting. You know, Mike Evans for the first, you know, six years of his career, um, played in front of half-empty stadiums, and half of that half were the other team um, that would fill up the lower bowl. He mentioned that, you know, because a lot of these guys that have come since Tom Brady has been here aren't used to anything different than full stadiums. It was a loud crowd today. It's been loud here. The Bucks are a better team at home. How important is it that they could have two home games and then, like I said, possibly three, but take your chances? And, and the thing Brady, you know, didn't want to buy into that is like, look, we, we, it's just one game, right? Like we can't – who cares about what, who we play or where we go next? But it is a big deal to have two. It hasn't happened, Joey, since 1979 have the Bucks played here at home twice when they got the championship. They beat the Eagles. They lost to the Rams. And the Rams went on uh, to lose, I think, uh, to Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. For virtually the whole team, it'll be rarefied air, unseen air. They have not played a true home playoff game since January of 2008, that wild card loss to the Giants. Now, we talk about the Super Bowl last year. It was in their home stadium, but technically that was a neutral site game, and the stadium wasn't anywhere near being full. I think this is huge. I think this is just... Bruce Arians talked all week about how we can't rest anybody. We've got to put our foot on the gas for this very reason, to get that number two playoff seed. So that's why today was so critical, and you, and you laid it out. Two home playoff games, is you know, it's unprecedented. What are we talking? More than 40 years. That, that, and 40 years ago, that playoff game, the very first playoff triumph in franchise history. I don't know if there's a parallel, but they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. So that that's why Bruce Arians, even though people and fans were saying, rest Brady, you've got the thing locked up. We're so injured. We got we to gotta get these guys to the postseason. This game was huge for that very reason, and that's why he kept his foot on the gas, and that's why he had these guys playing to, to the end or until the game was well in hand for two 
home playoff games. It's in the NFL that that's humongous. And I thought it was interesting because, and you pointed this out early, the Bucks had every score going on the scoreboard in their electronic scoreboard except one, and that was the Rams, and um, you know their game against the Forty Nine ers in Los Angeles. No side of it on the scoreboard whatsoever. It was intentional. It was in consultation with Bruce Arians. They did not want their players scoreboard watching, right? And early on, had they been doing that, the Niners got down 17 to nothing. So you you could have easily said, well, it doesn't really matter what happens here. We're probably going to only have one home game anyway. But but indeed, uh, the way the things were timed out, we're sitting here watching the Bucks, you know, put the bow on their 41 to 17 win and here comes San Francisco and they managed to send this game into overtime. They get a field goal and Matthew Stafford, who for all the world the last couple weeks has, you know, has been talked about as maybe not a guy that can get this done in crunch time. He's had a lot of interceptions, I think seven of them going into today's game and his game ends a huge game where they could have wrapped up the number two seed. It ends in an interception by uh, a young cornerback for the 49ers, his first career pick, um, you know, trying to hit Odell Beckham Jr. down down the sideline. That's going to be talked about all week long in Los Angeles, all week long in the NFL and NFL Network. Can Matthew Stafford get it done? He never won a playoff game in Detroit, yada, yada. So there's pressure on the Rams going into it. But it was really interesting – Bruce Arians went over to Tom Brady and he whispered to him what was going on and wanted him to play one more series um, because they had given up a touchdown and wanted Brady to go back out there. So they they sort of they sort of walked the line a little bit. They would have loved to have gotten more guys out of the game, especially Brady. But the only one that supposedly knew it, unless they were getting whispers from the other coaches, was Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. It really reminded me of when I covered the University of Florida about 20 years ago. The Gators were in some kind of situation where they it was a scoreboard watching day. They were atop the SEC standings, and they would the other game that was so critical to their season. Ron Zook ordered them not to show the the score of the game, and I, it just took me back to that. That's why I thought it was kind of a college tactic by Arians, but I understand him doing what he did, and it it worked out well, and and it led to. The scene that we saw here at the end, which you alluded to, Rick, the guys is kind of standing on the field watching that game. It's just one of those indelible moments in Bucks history and, and watching watching them ultimately clinch that number two seed by watching Stafford throw that interception. And yes, the guy's name is Ambry Thomas for the 49ers. He's a rookie, first career pick. It was a deep throw for Odell Beckham. And Rick, I didn't think it was that very good of a throw. And I don't care how seasoned you are, how much of a veteran you are, when you've never done it and Stafford's never won a playoff game, you always just have that wall you've got to break through, and he hasn't broken through it yet. And that's the one thing that I would say um, that for all the the things that the Bucks have overcome just to get to this point, which again, 13 wins, 17-game season, I get it. 13 wins, the most since they've started playing professional football in Tampa. That's hard to do. Hard to win 13 games. Hard to win 10 games. Hard to win any games in the NFL. Just ask the Panthers. Ask all those teams that are, whose seasons are over. Okay, so you managed to win 13 games. The difference in the postseason, uh, you know, it, it's a coach-quarterback league, right? There has never been a better postseason quarterback than Tom Brady. 
There's never been a guy to 10 Super Bowls except Tom Brady. There's never been a guy to win seven of them except Tom Brady. When you look at the season he pieced together this year, and you just mentioned it, the most passing yards he's ever had, right? His other year that he went over 5,000 was 2012. This is even about 200 yards more so than he had that year. Uh, the you know 43 touchdowns, which breaks uh, the touchdown record, obviously that he set a year ago. Um, you know the most yards in the NFL, most touchdowns in the NFL, and to do it with this cast, right? With with, with Antonio Brown walking out, with Chris Godwin done for the year, with Mike Evans missing games, with Leonard Fournette going on IR, with the defense that's been beat up all season. The one constant since he walked in the door that has turned this entire franchise around, that has filled this stadium and gotten them back in the playoffs, a Lombardi trophy, and now they're embarking on another chance to defend it, is Tom Brady. And I'm telling you, I don't know if he wins the MVP. I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times about that because I know we, we have recency bias and we think that Aaron Rodgers had a better year. Nobody had a better year, and I'm awfully close to it. I wasn't in, in Green Bay with Rodgers. But if I look at that division and I look at their wins and I look at the Bucks' wins, what Brady has done with all these injuries has been remarkable. And like you said, I thought you were right on. Maybe the best quarterbacking job of his career with this, with this bunch of players. And it's why he's this franchise's best quarterback without question after only 37 games, including playoffs. That's something I wrote about earlier this week when, when you just consider – the two postseasons, the Super Bowl, the game-winning drives, and the statistical numbers, the, the touchdown passes and the passing yards. He's already the best. Reserve a spot up there for, for his name in the ring of honor. And people are going to come at come at us, Rick, and say, okay, he got these 5,300 yards in 17 games. He broke Jameis Winston's single-season passing record in 17 games. Jameis only needed 16 games. you got to put an asterisk by it. Don't come at me with that because seasons have evolved and changed and lengthened in professional sports forever. You heard the same argument when Major League Baseball went from 154 to 162 games. You heard the same thing when the NFL went from 14 to 16 games. If you start putting asterisks by everything when the seasons lengthen, you're going to drown in a sea of asterisks. This is, this is a record. This is a regular season record that Tom Brady set today for the Buccaneers among all his other records. And just don't even put, don't even come at me with the asterisk. But one thing I do know, he is the, this franchise's best quarterback after 37 games. It's remarkable, and the Bucks will play the Eagles at one o'clock. What a break for them, for us, for you at home. You don't have to wait that long to see them play. San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys will play at 4:30 on Sunday, and then uh, again in the NFC, the Monday night game, the Rams and the Cardinals. Of course, the Packers. Have the bye week as the number one seed. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about uh, tonight's National College Championship football game between Alabama and Georgia. 
probably not a surprise that the SEC, um, again, sort of a rematch or is a rematch of their championship game. I was impressed, uh, even in the semifinals, which weren't close, right? I thought Cincinnati um, certainly had a much better showing than Michigan did, and they belong there. Uh, and if, But for a few plays, it might have been a closer game. Um, but the guy that surprised me in the semifinals was Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett played not very well against Alabama. I thought he struggled. And, you know, you think about what it takes to win at that level and the five-star recruits, he's not that. He wasn't, he wasn't even their starter at the beginning of the year. That was, that was JT Daniels, right, who's, who's still available and on the sidelines. But there's something about what he did in that, in that semifinal that kind of convinced me that maybe he could pull this off. It's going to rely on their defense really to win the game perhaps. But do you think that in a rematch, Georgia and, and Bennett will put up enough points against that Alabama offense, which was just on fire against them the last time they played? I will say this. I was really happy for Stetson Bennett because I think he's, he's uh, gotten a lot of grief because he's not JT Daniels, and he's been uh, questioned at many turns during this season for him to step up and play that way. I was really happy for the young man. That said, you give Nick Saban this kind of time to prepare for a game, coupled with the fact that Kirby Smart, he's in Kirby Smart's head. All the pressure, in my opinion, is on Georgia because they haven't broken through that wall, and Saban's gone through it countless times. I know Bryce Young is young, but he's got the greatest coach in college football history on his sideline, who, know, who has done it many times, who knows how to prepare a team, who has, been, who has had plenty of time to prepare. I'm not betting against Alabama. I think the Crimson Tide roll just because all the pressure's on Georgia and they're going to be tight. It's interesting. You know, uh, that's one thing that I would like to see changed in college football, and that is there's a month uh, at the end of the regular season. I think it's too much time, and I, not just because – I mean, it's good for but, – but, but a program like Alabama, okay, who's got five stars at, or four stars after five stars backing them up, if they have injuries, if they've struggled a little bit, everybody's healthy. You, they get everybody back, right? And it's always about the dudes that you have, as Matt Becker would say, but also the time to study – the other opponent, right? And you're talking about Nick Saban. And even though Kirby Smart is from that tree and he's, he's a great coach in his own right and what he's done at Georgia should be applauded, um, it's too much time. You almost need momentum, right? Don't doesn't, Momentum doesn't get to carry over like it does in the NFL, right? You get a little momentum. The Bucks were hot going into the postseason last year. They continued that on one four in a row and won the Super Bowl. You don't see that with college football as much because the Blue Bloods have the time to prepare and the team that has the most players, and in this case the best coach, usually wins. I don't know if they're ever going to change it. Maybe with a playoff system that would make expedite You know, when they would start and start playing right away. Um, that's probably the only way they could do it, but I think it's a huge edge for a team like Alabama. Absolutely, and here's something else that will never change, but I wish it would. College football is a Saturday game by nature. Yeah. They need to have the national title game on Saturday night. I hate this Monday night. You know, they it'll never happen because the NFL is not going to um, give them that day. Right. You know, there's, there's too much money involved, and, you know, the world revolves around money. But in a perfect world, if I were the czar for sports for a day, I would move the college championship to Saturday night, baby. 
Well, we'll be watching, of course, with everybody else, and we'll be uh, preparing for the Bucks and the Philadelphia Eagles, a rematch of their October 14th game, which the Bucks won by not a lot of points, but uh, did manage to win up there in Philadelphia. So 13 wins for the Bucks. Records broken all over the place. Check it out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. For Joey Knight and Steve Bursnick, our producer, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 